welcome to Zubo Clock with your host Tessie Anthony de Nassau. This podcast brings you enlightening discussions with leading experts and public figures directly to your ears. Good afternoon, dear General. Good afternoon, Tessie. It is such an honor and such a pleasure to have you with us here on Zoom O'Clock today. Thank you for your time. Well, that's a great moment for me to, to share my thoughts with you and uh, in, in this precise, precise time of crisis and, and to look forward for the future. Thank you so much, sir. So, for the people who do not know um, General Palomares yet as good as I do, um, I'm reading to you a little bit of uh, his bio, just to give an introduction. So, General Palomares is a retired general of the French Air Force and served as Supreme Allied Command Transformation, a senior military post in NATO. This is also how we met, dear General, in Norfolk, Virginia, when I was there for Luxembourg uh, and I attended the conference. For the people who do not know, NATO is split into two. So you have the SACT and you have the operation side. So um, the SACT is more about intelligence and strategy. So um, then also General Palomares previously served as chief of staff of the French Air Force from 2009 to 2012. What an impressive biography, dear General. Thank you so much again. Enough for me talking about you. I would love for you to tell us about your life, your life at NATO, in NATO, and how um, and why it is important that we support and believe in the NATO alliance, especially nowadays. Well, thank you to, to open the, uh, this line for me, and uh, that's a wonderful moment to share some of my experience and how I see the alliance today and what it is so crucial that we keep it alive and uh, as credible as possible for the future. First and foremost, uh, I enjoyed uh, spending uh, more than 42 years to the service of my country and to NATO. Um, first, I was a fighter pilot. It was really a great motivation for me. And then I discovered that uh, uh, I would say uh, leading people was a, a really uh, a great uh, achievement as well. And that's why I was fortunate enough to be able to fulfill those tasks as a chief of the Air Force, which was a kind of climax. And I didn't know that uh, it could happen that at a certain stage, the president, uh, French president asked me to go uh, overseas in uh, Norfolk to lead the, the transformation of NATO. That was really uh, unexpected, but what a great time, a fascinating time. Uh, at this time, we were NATO was stronger. Uh, Twenty-eight nations when when you came and visited visit us, and uh, now it's thirty nations. That means that NATO is progressively enlarging, which is good news because you know the the, the alliance was founded uh, in 1949, just after the two world war, and the aim was really. Uh, how to keep the peace. At this time, it was really built to, uh, to, to, to stop, in a certain way, the Stalinism-Soviet expansion, but as well to guarantee that Europe could be uh, free, could keep its freedom, and rebuild itself. 
So uh, NATO has been fundamental, instrumental in the rebuilding of Europe as we know it today. Uh, and it worked very well. It ensured the security and the peace and then the prosperity of, of Europe. We must keep that in mind for the future as well. And uh, it happened that at the end of the Cold War, when the, uh, the wall collapsed, uh, the former uh, Warsaw Pact countries, uh, they, 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 they just were eager to join uh, both NATO and the EU. And this is more or less what happened. Therefore, uh, first uh, conclusion at this stage is that uh, NATO is not uh, a, a, an offensive alliance. It's an alliance for peace. It, it's an alliance to support United Nations uh, statements, declarations, and uh, to support uh, uh, the development of peace in the world in a certain way. And NATO never invaded anybody. NATO has not been... It's a defensive alliance. It's there to protect, to prevent uh, conflicts, crises. And when a, nat a nation uh, joined NATO, like uh, it has been the case recently with uh, North Macedonia, just recently and then a few, uh, two years ago with uh, Montenegro, they just joined because they want to be part of this alliance for peace. They just they don't join. They don't want to to be aggressive. They just say. We must protect our freedoms, we must protect our common interests, and this is why we, we are eager to join, to join NATO. And for me, it was really a, a great uh, achievement to, to be ahead of a, a light command transformation. Because this command, as you stressed, is about preparing the future. You, you take the NATO as it is today with the legacy of, of history, a wonderful legacy, by the way. And then you try to imagine uh, what will be the challenges of uh, tomorrow and how this alliance can keep its uh, credibility uh, confronted with those challenges. And if I put that in a nutshell, the, the question, the problem of today is that the world is facing many threats, many risks. They are all different. We have seen that with terrorism. Today, it's a, a different risk. It's a virus. But uh, you have the cyber uh, attacks the cyber uh, space as well, which is at risk. Even the outer space is no longer as uh, peaceful as uh, we would like. So many domains, you see those risks which are increasing. And then NATO must really commit itself as a 30 members together to protect this, uh, I would say, this space of freedom that we all the, the NATO nations together enjoy themselves. And NATO build partnership, as you know, with many other countries as well, just to say, perhaps you don't want to join NATO, and NATO has not, uh, with, I would say, the intention to, to increase uh, out of the, the larger Europe and the transatlantic part in Canada and uh, in the United States. But nevertheless, it's, it builds a partnership for peace with many countries uh, around the, the globe, including, uh, I would say, uh, Japan, Australia, uh, Finland, and, uh, and Sweden, which are very close to, to NATO, but not part of NATO today. Switzerland is a, a great partner as well. So you see, there is a benefit with such an alliance to uh, have the ability to discuss 
defense and security matters. And if you look today, there are not so many. And in, in fact, this is the only one forum where the head of states and government, and I was uh, fortunate to, uh, to take part in those discussions between, uh, it was uh, mainly in uh, 2014 in Wales, where we had, uh, I was just a neighbor of Mr. Obama, you know, a great, uh, great neighbor around the table. And it was really fascinating to see all these people uh, discussing not only about NATO itself, but about security, discussing about terrorism, discussing about the threat of the future. And I engaged those uh, head of states and government just to stress what would be the risk and the threats for the future and what they had to do. And by the way, this is when they decided that it was the time to reinvest in defense because with the, the legacy, with the dividend of peace after the, the end of the Cold War, the main, most of the countries have decided to reduce dramatically their spending in defense to such a level that, put, uh, that were, was putting uh, a NATO credibility at risk. And this is why we really uh, push very much forward to say, well, if NATO, doesn't, NATO countries doesn't uh, uh, reinvest, uh, don't reinvest, sorry, they, uh, they will not be able to face the threat to the future. So uh, really a great job, fascinating people. You know, there are big countries and small countries in NATO, but there are no big people and small people. Every contribution is worthy. I, my, my, my best, really my best achievement perhaps, and, and my, my best, uh, I would say, uh, satisfaction was to, to, uh, to work with all these men and women coming, coming from 28 different nations for the same aim, for the same goal, taking their legacy, their history, their background, and showing that uh, even small countries, and you come from Luxembourg, even small countries can provide a huge contribution. And this is a, a great lesson that, uh, that I learned in NATO. Absolutely. I agree with you so much. And I will always remember how you welcomed me with open arms when I joined the conference in Norfolk, Virginia, five years ago now, um, by opening the whole conference with all of the 28 member states present, uh, with the Luxembourgish lyrics of our national anthem, by saying we want, we want to remain what we are. And I thought that was so beautiful. And a second message, which came straight after that, which you are one of the big advocates for it as well, and you inspired me a lot with it, was the message that we need more young leaders in NATO, that we need young brains, young ideas, more collaboration. Um, so what, what do you want to share on that topic by including more young people today? Why is it important? Well, you know, uh, fortunately, Europe uh, has not seen a major conflict uh, uh, within uh, its borders for uh, now 80 years, uh, just marked, by the way, the, the 75th years of uh, the 8th of May, uh, 1945. And then uh, you see that uh, all these uh, generations, my father, grand grandfather, who have uh, really faced uh, those tragedies, the strategies of the 20th century, they will no longer be there to, to tell the story. Well, we, and, just had, uh, um, we just had uh, the VE 
uh, 75th yeah. anniversary of Europe Day, right? For, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so uh, somewhere we have to pass the, the, this history to the, the young generations, not only for the memory, they, they, obviously there is this uh, remembrance, uh, but uh, as well, uh, I think John, John Fairjohn Kennedy said that if you are not able to assume your past, you will not be able to build your future. Many Many talented leaders uh, have the same vision, saying, um, and, and, and I, I don't think that you can learn that only in the books, history books. Um, you, you have to really realize uh, why uh, these people, what they did, and why they did what, what uh, and it was not by chance. I mean, if you look at the end of uh, the Second World War, all this responsible and very committed people, most of them, they have been through the First World War, they were young, and then the Second World War, even worse. And, and they come together and say, well, this is enough. This is just enough. We cannot tolerate that. Generations are lost. Generations are lost because we are not able to work together for the future. And they build this wonderful architecture, the UN on the one hand, the NATO, many other pieces, and uh, the, the building, the start of the EU. And this is why we are celebrating now on the 9th of May, birthday of, of, of the EU, the foundation. Uh, and it came into place, and for decades, it worked very well. Now we have to face a different world. We have to, uh, to accommodate with more globalization, fine. We have uh, different challenges. Uh, obviously, climate is climate change is a huge challenges. Digitalization of the world, globalization of exchanges, and still we have those threats, the ancient threats, because some countries, unfortunately, big countries are rearming themselves, which is worrying for me because I don't understand why. Why <laughs> those countries need to rearm at such a level? I mean, keeping defense at the proper level is fine because you protect yourself, you protect your friends, you protect your lives. But when you, you make big investment, huge investment, you say, well, if you, if you do that, we have seen that uh, between the two world wars. I mean, when Germany was uh, Nazi, Nazis rebuilt the, the German uh, armies, German capability, military capability, it was not for nothing. Because they had in mind, Hitler had in mind to, to invade mm. other countries. So you say, well, why China is doing that? Even the US, I mean, a big ally, uh, is a great power because of the great responsibility, of course. But this race for armament is not good for the world. I, I, as a military, as a chief, a former chief, I can, say, I can tell you that for the young generations. We cannot tolerate those, those kind of race for our weapons. We, we, we need a defense to protect our liberty of freedom because some days we have to face terrorism, we have to face the rise of uh, some countries which don't accept our, our, this freedom, our way of thinking, uh, we are jeopardizing our interest, our freedom. So we must be able, and NATO is there for that. But so you have those risks, and in addition, now you have new risks in cyberspace, 
cyber attacks, mm. cyber security. The outer space now, you see that uh, there is a, a kind of uh, risk as well because there is a, this is a contested space now uh, where everybody wants to take its share in the, the ex, uh, exo-atmospheric and the outer space. And uh, you see uh, as well uh, in terms of information, disinformation is a great risk for democracies as we have seen. So uh, we have big challenge and only, and this is really my, my conviction, uh, only the young people will be able to tackle that because we have to innovate, we have to uh, rebuild this, it's part of the world, part of the, these institutions, the UN are, are not, there are good people in the UN, but they are not working as well as, as, as in the past. And it is not because of the people who work for the UN, it's because there is a, a kind of blockage. And I, I speak very frankly to you uh, and to other people who will listen to that, because we must be frank with ourselves. We must look the future in, our, in the eyes and say, well, so uh, we cannot tolerate that those institutions progressively are, are lost in the process and uh, lose their, uh, their ability to, to stabilize in a certain way the world. There are some responsibility for sure. I will not go into internal politics in any countries, but uh, I think the leaders, they must really uh, consider that uh, uh, what, they will leave, what they will leave for the future. And uh, this is why uh, I was pleased that the, the Fran France uh, elected a young president. Uh, and, and I think that uh, the, the world belongs to, to the young generations. And we have to give them all the tools that are possible to, to build that. But nevertheless, us, we, are, we should be there to support them, to help them, to understand at least why we have done what we have done and what are the risks and not taken uh, for guarantee the legacy that we are leaving them. Freedom is a wonderful legacy, but it's not, uh, it's not there forever if we don't take care of that. Democracy is a wonderful legacy, but it will be there if we are only if we are able to defend it, to protect it. That, that's uh, the, the fight of a life. I mean, we, we cannot accept that, that we have lived in such a world where, where we are today and to let it go just because we, we have not the courage and the ability to rebuild some institutions and to support transformation of NATO, for instance, of the EU and of many of the UN. And, and so this is still my great uh, commitment and, uh, for, for the young generations to, to make sure that they understand that. And when I, I speak to the, the young leaders, what I like very much is that they are enthusiastic. There are a lot of dynamism, very enthusiastic, and I'm sure they will find solutions that we have not been able to find so far. And this is my hope, and this is my conviction as well. Beautiful. Thank you so much, General. Our time has passed out, has, passed, has run out. So um, if I may, would you like to share maybe 30 seconds of a, a, either a quote or poem, or just a, a short key takeaway to wrap up the video with everyone listening right now. It's, it's never, it's not a quote or poem, but this is my, my big, uh, my, my own uh, understanding of the world. 
this world uh, is moving fast. This world is a world of technology. This world is a world of is a world of uh, of, uh, of speed. Uh, but uh, mainly, it's a world of good people, of men and women, and who deserve the best for for them themselves, for their family, and. Uh, we need to struggle to, 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 to rebuild this world together, not to build walls, to build bridges in the world. Beautiful. Thank you so much, General. And uh, we speak, continue speaking a bit offline. And uh, yeah, it was really an honor to have you here today. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to this Zoom O'Clock. We hope this discussion was insightful and has provoked some new ideas for you please share and subscribe. If you like to keep in touch with your host, you can find her on Instagram under Tessie underscore from underscore Luxembourg and on Twitter under Tessie underscore DE.